to the podcast that asks the real, important, pertinent questions. I hit my desk. I know oh, you no. do, don't know you do. Oh, oh no. great. Uh, well, now we're in. I'm now, ruined I was going to know what the question was. <laughs> Will keyboard ties be fashionable again? <laughs> Are bearded ladies sexy? How many yes. characters are too many to keep track of? <laughs> I'd say about ten. Yeah, well, yeah, probably. Welcome to Storylords, the comedy fiction podcast with two prompts, three stories and infinite laughs. I'm Rich, and with me as always is Josh. Hey, what's up? And Jeff. Hey, I want to compliment you on that, like, tagline. I've always liked that tagline, and I always mean to compliment you on it. Oh, thanks. It. Um, I was mean to compliment him too, but then we just find out making fun of how British he is. <laughs> Oi, what? <laughs> what? You what's all this hidden? You what, mate? You fucking cunt. <laughs> there we go. Damn. That's brought it's the Chris tone him. of the podcast down. Um, yeah, our prompts this week were what the fuck were they? Inns and libraries or libraries Princesses and, and disasters. I totally didn't write my story and then go back and put them in or anything. Uh, that is the way. <laughs> I, I weirdly followed the rules this week, so good job, me. Oh, man. Who's the oh. fucking nerd this week? You finished first? You followed the rules? I didn't finish first. You did? Yeah. No, we recorded, oh, no. we recorded two days after we were supposed to record, and I still finished first. I finished yeah. three minutes uh, before I had to go into a big meeting that lasted all day at work. So <laughs> Jesus. What? This fucker in his real life. Oh, no. Ew. I know. What did you do in that? Ew. Uh, no. Talked about a fundraising application uh, oh and then ended God. up writing it on the fly. Yeah, it was it was brutal today. Uh, anyway. Did you ever just stand up and go, fuck this and just walk out? Uh, so God. there's a promotional video for the charity that um, is uh, heavily featuring me. Um, oh, do we get to see this? Absolutely yeah. fucking not. Oh, fuck. oh, wait a minute. You guys can see it. I'm not submitting it to the wider world. Um, and effectively, <laughs> they wanted to see it at the big ops meeting that we had. Um, and there's like 10 people there who I know and somewhat respect. And oh, you know, the la- it's like here. The last the last the large portion of people there I actually like and respect. And um, they were like, yeah, we need to see it. And I just got up and I moved from the desk and I was like, I fucking need to see this. And just, just went back out. to my I office. Lived it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's a good video if you like the sound of my voice. So 90% oh, I of do. Uh, Oh, I okay. Okay, I was going to go the other way there. Paging Mr. Masters. Mr. <laughs> Masters, you have a telephone call at the front desk. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that um, movie. Yeah, but I'm talking about official work stuff. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's not funny in any way, shape, or form. But what this, a great episode! Look for so. it on the Patreon. <laughs> but this podcast is funny, and this week we're talking about inns and libraries. And Jeff is going first. Not Don't oversell it, really. Not yeah, that it we better had, be funny now, huh? Uh, not that we keep had them, a conversation. light here. <laughs> not that we had a conversation like we always do every week about who's first, who's second, and who's third, because we always forget. We should have, like, a uh, contest, and, like, whoever gets it right gets something. Gets to decide the order. It's, it's like, even more confusing. Whoever gets, whoever gets it right gets to be the middle of the human centipede, a.k.a. <laughs> the that, best part. Is that the best part? 
<laughs> the, the human storepeed. Is it because you get to suck a butt and your butt is getting yeah, sucked? Yeah, you is get the best of both right? butts. <laughs> best of both butts. Yeah, I guess. Uh, right, Pennington. Okay, you are okay. Up. Uh, the title of my story is Kids Quest. <laughs> and, okay. uh, the prompts are libraries and inns. Disasters and princesses, got it. <laughs> the sound of bike tires against asphalt filled the night's air as the three preteens pedaled hard against the steep incline of the backwoods road into the next town over. They came from a sleepy little town in the middle of nowhere called Kirby, so it took them hours to bike all the way down the road to their destination. But like they, the Nintendo guy? Yeah, he lives there. <laughs> That's where he's from. Uh, but they could finally see it coming up over the hor- horizon once they crested the hill. There! I told you! yelled the young boy in front, his shaggy blonde hair flying in the wind from under the edges of his husky's hat atop his head. <laughs> his, his name was Archie Grace, and he was the captain of the baseball team at school, something he was proud enough of, of to still be dressed in his practice uniform from earlier in the evening. Kid, uh, you gotta change. You gotta stink, man. Yeah, you got that stank uh-huh. on. You gotta use some soap, too. A uh, baseball bat dangling out of his backpack like a sheathed sword. He was the sort of all-American honky that parents dreamed of raising because he spent every waking moment of his life trying to please them and to live up to their ideal of a son. USA! That's honkies. USA! <laughs> if, he made it to, if he made it to 21, he would need either an assload of therapy or his son would need it one day. Eventually, somebody <laughs> had to escape this shit, right? <laughs> yeah, you'd think that. He pointed out towards the town, steering his bike with one hand as his windbreaker flapped behind him. The entire town is completely dark. It's dead. Maybe they all just go to bed early, yelled the second kid, Becca Washington, on the next bike behind. She was a tall little girl for her age, with afro pigtails bobbing with her pedaling motions, and one hand gripping onto her glasses to keep them from sliding off of her face. (laughs) She wore a band majorette's jacket over her regular clothes, and its rough, scratchy material barely moved in the breeze. (sighs) She was the type of girl who non-band geeks would label a capital L loser freak but who would grow up to become rich and famous for her talent and legally be allowed to kill her haters. That's how it worked what? with Taylor Swift, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like nine already, she followed up. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Screamed Wild Willie Coltrane, the craziest kid in the seventh grade. Damn. He was wearing a full Evil Knievel costume, like complete with helmet, visor, and sleeve fringe. Like everything. <laughs> he basically wore this outfit 24-7, so you can imagine that these were the only two friends he was ever going to have. <laughs> I can't believe he has two of them. He was riding a bike with streamers dangling from its back end and stars painted all over it, and was currently yanking his bars up to finally do a wheelie, having had to hold it in all the way up the hill. He barely registered what his <laughs> friends were saying to him. He whipped his front tire around and shot them a big cheesy grin, leaving them both to wonder for the thousandth time since meeting him if grandparents raising Gen Z was having genuinely lasting problems on society. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay, my throat is fucked, apparently. Sorry. Yeah, everybody. that was... Because <laughs> we, we were talking about human centipedes. Yeah. I thought that was a bike revving past Josh's window there. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, that was... <laughs> It was a big astro. <laughs> After a lot more pedaling and a lot more screams of excitement from Wild Will, the three arrived at the edge of town, turning off the main road and pedaling up the middle of Main Street. Every window was dim, and not a single soul was on the street except for them. 
And even more fucked up and spooky was the fact that nothing was making any noise as far as any of them could hear, beside the drone of their bike tires and the humming of the power lines above them. The three finally skidded their bikes to a stop directly in front of the town library. Archie stepped off his bike and jogged (laughs) over to the dark, unlit front doors of the building and peered into them as best he could. He turned to his companions and shook his head before making the short jog back. No one's in there. The sign on the door says they're open until 10, but it's completely empty, Archie said, shoving his hands into his pockets of his windbreaker. I just noticed, Becca said tentatively, looking around them in every direction before turning her eyes back to her friends. The street lights aren't on yet? It's pretty dark. Can't stay out. Streetlights yeah. are on. The three of them looked up at the empty, dark blue sky, which was blackening by the second above them. Soon, none of them would be able to see much. Archie dug in his backpack, rooting around inside of it for a few minutes before letting out an exasperated groan. I packed three flashlights. I know they did. Where did they... Both Archie and Becca turned their eyes to Wild Will, who was idly juggling all three flashlights with a completely blank, thoughtless look on his face. Wow. This kid only has two friends? He sounds pretty fucking cool. He's a fucking vaudeville act. <laughs> there was a moment of silence as the two non-insane children exchanged glances before Wild Will finally took notice. Oh, oh shit, yeah, my bad. He stopped juggling and held out two of the flashlights to his friend and kept one for himself. I just get bored real easy and also don't have much of a grip on reality because my grandparents refuse to have me medicated for my many social disorders and mental illnesses, as is the case for the majority of school-aged children in the United States of America. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, some things never change, you know? Archie and Becca exchanged glances once more, flicking their flashlights on reflexively once they had them. What? It's a genuine widespread societal problem, Archie responded, (laughs) flicking his own light on. Not everything needs to be a fucking punchline in these stories. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough, Becca said, sweeping down the street in either direction with her light. Maybe we ought to go home. I can't really see anything around here, and it's starting to really freak me out. Come on, guys, Archie said emphatically. We gotta find out what happened to this place. A few weeks, a few of the older kids said just a few weeks ago there was a bus, this was a bustling place, and now it's a complete ghost town? There has to be a reason behind that, and none of the parents seem to give a hoot. They, they just keep talking about stuff like taxes and the masked singer. They've obviously lost the will to live, but we haven't. You're right, Becca said with a resounding clap of her hands over the flashlight. Can you tell Jeff was at home this week? (laughs) Let's do some investigating. I bet we can get to the bottom of this. I bet you I can jump off that roof and survive, Wild Will said, pointing at a two-story house down the street. (laughs) Hey, hey, Archie placed his hands on Wild Bill's shoulders, then pointed at his eyes, and then back at his own with two fingers. (laughs) Focus for me, okay? (laughs) Man, I'll fucking try, Wild Will said with a shrug. (laughs) At least he's aware of it. Okay, now, hands in. Who are we? Archie said with a huge grin, placing his hand out into the center of the three of them. Becky and Wild Will placed their hands on top and rocked down, and then all three threw their hands into the air and shouted, The Spooky Squad! Uh... They all laughed in delight. Man, good thing nobody ever copyrighted that, (laughs) Becca chuckled. Yeah, good thing. I'm pretty sure we did. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh, uh-oh. After they did their dumb little call and response, they set out to canvas the streets together on their bikes, going up one lane and down the other. All along the way, they kept their eyes peeled for any sign of life. 
No dog barked, no window lit up, no sound but their own ever rang out in the night. Nothing. They decided to redouble their efforts. They looked inside trash cans and found nothing. They knocked on doors, rang doorbells. Wild Will even started breaking a few windows by throwing rocks into them. And nothing ever happened. This, this is just like every, like, <laughs> what do you call it? Do you guys have a name for a, a mischief night? No. Do you know what that is? That's, night for uh, Halloween. Isn't that, yeah. yeah, it's the night that they do in The Crow, right? Is that The Crow? Yeah, yeah. I think I that's know. in The Crow. Yeah. Um, no matter where they looked, nothing seemed to exist in this entire town, except empty houses, empty streets, and the three of them. I'm actually starting to get scared now, Wild Will said, prompting gasps from both of his friends. He rolled his eyes and knocked on his helmet with his knuckles. I'm fearless about stunts and shit, man. I'm not trying to get eaten by a bagul or whatever. Let's get the fuck out of here. I <laughs> know what a bagul is. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I guess I agree? With Wild Will, Becca said, confusion dripping from her voice. Wait, Archie hushed the other two and pointed down the street towards an unassuming house on the corner. The other two kids turned to follow his gaze, seeing an extremely dim green light in the window, which seemed to pulse slightly brighter than sink back into darkness. Oh, that's so weird. What is that? Looks to me exactly like something if we go in there to check it out will cause us all to die horrible, gruesome horror movie deaths, Archie, <laughs> Becca said with aggravation <laughs> curling up her features. <laughs> look, are we the spooky squad or the too scared to look at spooky stuff because we'll pee our pants and have to get picked up by grandma squad, Archie said, <laughs> annoyance creeping up in his voice as well. By the time Archie and Becca noticed that Wild Will was gone, he was already over a third of the way down the street towards the house on his bike. They both Damn. sighed. Damn. Apparently he's not a, uh, he's not as afraid of bagools as he thought, Archie said with a shake <laughs> of his head. Who both is? kids mounted up on their bikes and rode down the street after their friend. Wild Will at least had the wherewithal to, uh, to uh, wait for his friends to meet him at the front door before he did anything else. Archie grabbed his hand before he could reach the handle, though, and yanked it back. Silently, he motioned towards the window they had all seen the light emanating from as an alternative. Wild Will and Becca both nodded in agreement. The three of them crept across the slightly too tall, dewy, wet grass, their sneakers squeaking against the wetness in the still of the night. It felt like way too long a time before they finally reached the window and hunkered below the sill. The three friends exchanged glances, then nods, then jolted up all at once to peer into the darkness of the window above them. Inside was an unassuming living room, deca decorated in the unmistakable style of a grandmother's touch. Knickknacks, curios, and glass sculptures of questionable taste resting on every surface, a doily beneath. Any Werther's originals? Of course. <laughs> Multiple glass bowls. <laughs> the kind of home that looked more like an uncomfortable but affordable roadside inn than any place anyone actually lived. <laughs> I never thought of it like that. But the real sight to behold was in the very center of the room, where a coffee table had once been, but uh, had been displaced against the far wall instead. Sitting in its place, slowly rolling in and on itself and pushing outward and back in from the force from inside it, was a pulsating, undulating mass of green, bubbling semi-solid. What? It gave off a faint greenish light with each pulse, like a bioluminescent heartbeat coming from inside. 
I know. That's just Nickelodeon gas. I was going to say, I thought you said uh, Green Semisonic, and I was like, is he talking about the band? <laughs> that was is he my, talking about uh... the Hedgehog? <laughs> <laughs> that was my class song, Closing Time. Mm. Really? Do they know that's about a bar? <laughs> Uh, yeah, they knew. All across the floor on either side of it was strange brown-greenish goo, with the, which the gigantic mass was sucking into itself, then letting out rhythmically. Oh, wow, now I'm semi-sonic. <laughs> what does what? that mean? Anyway, uh, <laughs> what? all three kids whipped around and dropped onto their butts back onto the ground, their backs against the plastic siding on the outside of the house. They breathed heavily and stared out into the night, silence passing between them for what felt like an uncomfortable amount of time. What is that? Becky finally broke the impasse, her voice a hoarse whispering, a hoarse whisper a little too loud than she meant it to be. It's like some kind of pod or something? I can't even imagine what would be in that, Archie whispered in return. His own voice quieter, but no less frayed with fear at its edges despite his false bravado all night up to this point. Look, let's get the fuck out of here before Slither pops out of that shit and warms up our assholes, okay? Wild Will said it full volume, standing up at full height in front of the window. Shh! Both other kids hissed out at him, each grabbing one of his arms and yanking him back down into a seated position on the ground. (laughs) Are you fucking nuts? Archie scream yelled, throwing Wild Will's arm back at his own chest in annoyance. That thing in there could be anything. We gotta be quiet and figure out what to do next. What to do next? Becky cri- Becca cried out, <laughs> still attempting to whisper despite how stupid her little cracker friend was being at the moment. <laughs> Man, this episode is not going up on, on Twitter. No, we're gonna get banned from X. Well, you yeah, really. banned. Next, we go the fuck home and forget we ever saw this like sensible people, like people who aren't in a horror movie. Podcast, Wild Will corrected. What? <laughs> what? Becca shot her head around to look back at him. Look, whatever it is, whatever's in there may be what's happening to all the people in this town. We need to at least get a picture of it so we can prove something's going on here, right? Archie dug into his backpack and returned with his cell phone clutched in his hand. He looked back at his companions, who were now sharing an incredulous look together at his expense. Right? He repeated. <laughs> I mean, I guess, Becca threw her hands up in defeat. You're both out of your fucking mind, man, Wild Will said, but then took a moment, then sighed. Fine, snap one pick for the gram, and then we fucking skedaddle. (laughs) (laughs) All three kids crept back up to the window in unison, Archie bringing his phone up to his face and very quickly and adeptly pressing the snapshot button on the screen in a way that all boomers wish they could. Aww. Wait! the two buttons. Wait, Becca called out at full volume, but it was too late. The flash on Archie's camera went off, illuminating the entire room on the other side of the window in bright, blinding light. Why would you ever have the flash on? He's like 12. (laughs) All three kids winced and braced themselves for the absolute worst. But nothing happened. They blinked at one another, and Archie quickly shoved his phone back into his pocket. Then all three swiveled on a dime to gawk back into the window with hopes that nothing had changed inside for the worst. Hopes that were completely dashed when they saw the pulsating green gelatinous shape had seemingly split open and collapsed in on itself, leaving only a radioactively glowing slurry all over the floor in its place. Mm. The terrified worry on each of their faces was reflected into the next kid as they looked at one another. 
It's just Ecto Cooler. <laughs> what did? What happened to? Archie sputtered out, staring back into the window at the gelatinous mass. The three dropped back onto the ground and hid their backs against the siding once more below the window. Becca snatched the phone from Archie's hand and stuffed it into her own jacket pocket in one motion, glaring at him with a fiery rage. Each of them was breathing heavily, but Wild Will was the first to swallow his fear and speak. Maybe, maybe the flash caused it to, like, fall in on itself? Like a souffle <laughs> or something? What do you know about souffles? Becky suddenly snapped back to reality, completely taken aback by his death wish having weirdo knowing about baking. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is, a four-foot-long curved blade exploded out of the plastic behind Wild Will and punctured completely through his abdomen. Its shining what? coarse metal caked with the young man's blood as it emerged into the night's air. Archie and Becca screamed at the top of their lungs, diving away from their skewered friend and fumbling up to their feet to run in different directions, blindly away from the carnage. From the corner of their vision, they could see back behind them the blade was dancing in and out of the boy, splaying blood and intestines into the air like a fountain from its continued hollowing of his body. Wild Will's eyes were wide with surprise, and blood flew from his opened, visually screaming mouth, but no sound just, escaped him. This just got a hard R rating. Yeah, yeah. yeah we went from PG real fast. It, it, Archie mounted his bike as fast as he could and began pedaling down the street away from the horror behind him, his mind racing for survival too fast to understand he may be leaving his friends to grisly deaths. It was certainly too late for Wild Will. He turned down the street at its corner, his hoarse breaths rattling out of his dangling open mouth as he pushed himself as hard as he could to pedal. He could feel the distance between him and, de and death, was, and he was working overtime to extend it. But once the once silent night was now filled with the loud, violent screeching of the thing that killed one of his best friends, and it echoed off of every empty alleyway in House Facia, so much that he couldn't tell whether it was a mile away or right behind him. The long, bladed fingers which dug into the back of his head and wrenched him back off of his bike answered that question for him, unfortunately. Oh, God. <laughs> the car's just going to pass and leave this happening to this kid? <laughs> They're coming! His head hit the concrete first, causing his entire world to go spinning out of control from the force of the blow. He crumpled into a heap, his bike sailing off without him into a near, uh, nearly perfectly trimmed bush outside of a $500,000 home, left he empty the, the street. Whip. His world whirled. His world whirled and turned. Why did I write that? Ooh, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, and he tried his hardest to... <laughs> he tried his hardest to right it, grasping onto the asphalt beneath him, though it burned his skinned palms to do so. When he threw his head back through the haze in his mind, he could make out the shape of a gigantic creature standing over top of him. He threw its head back, and its dark face split open to screech at the sky, sputtering blood and viscera into the air as it did. From the corner of its split-open hole, human intestines dropped onto the road next to where Archie lay and he would have retched in disgust had not the panic clenched at his very soul. He reached over his shoulder and felt the tiniest sliver of relief at the feel of the wooden haft of his Louisville slugger meeting his palm. <laughs> he yanked it from his pack and rolled onto his backside, gripping his baseball bat with both hands and swinging away with every bit of strength left in his body. Clunk! 
the bat hit something so solid that it stopped instantly, the reverb causing it to wrench itself from his hand and clatter violently on the road, rolling away from him all at once. He tried to scream out, but in a, but a flash in the night stopped him somehow. <laughs> he would never know why he couldn't scream in that moment. The last vision he ever had was the world turning upside down and his viewpoint spinning away from where it had been and landing on the cold, unforgiving pavement too far away for his reckoning. And then nothing. The blade had sluiced through the meat and bone of his neck cleanly, and the force of the blade's motion had sent his head flying down the street, landing with a disgusting thud against the ground a dozen feet away. The massive, bladed creature then dropped to the ground and unhinged the horrific hole in its face once more, diving into the corpse of the boy and beginning to feast upon it with wet, haphazard gulps and bites. Becca ran as hard and as fast as she could across the empty home's front lawns, staring back over her shoulder into the darkness for any sign of movement following her. She could barely breathe, the cold night air stinging her lungs with every heaving breath, but she couldn't stop carried along on the speedy wings of absolute terror. She turned down a side street and then up another, cutting across another front lawn and through a backyard in an attempt to make herself harder to catch. She had known basically where she was relative to everything in town, but she wasn't from here. She'd never been here before, so it was getting harder and harder by the second to tell if she was going in the right direction. She turned down one last alleyway and then skidded to her stop her eyes wide and her heartbeat suddenly feeling like it completely stopped in her chest. At the end of the alleyway, a man stood. Cricket man! He wore a long overcoat and a low-slung hat with a <gasps> wide brim and was standing yeah! in the direct center of her path, backlit by the little light of the moon left in the night. Who, who, who are you? She screamed out, but the man simply held up a hand to request her, request her silence. I live in the house right here and heard a commotion, he said in a warm, welcoming tone, pointing at the house next to where he stood. I thought something might be wrong, so I put on my old coat and came out to see. Are you okay, little girl? Becca felt herself ease up slightly, but then mm -hmm. frantically began to point out behind her and close the distance between herself and the Good Samaritan. Oh my God, there's a, there's a monster, a, a something. It killed my friend Will. It killed him, she screamed out. Oh my, the man said, placing his hand to his lips. That is good news. <gasps> it's still... She paused, turning to look up at the man now that she was five or six feet from him. She took a step back, raising her hands up between them. What? From beneath the man's overcoat, a gigantic prehensile limb shot out into the night's air. The recurved oh, pointed blade at its end piercing directly into the young girl's stomach and raising her up <gasps> off the ground from its force. Becca sputtered and tried to scream, but blood just drooped from her mouth down onto the ground far below her. The strange, slimy, bladed limb she dangled from slithered through the air and drew her closer to the man in the overcoat, until he could reach his hand up and into her coat pocket. He returned with Archie's phone in his hand, and began to fiddle with it idly with his thumb on the screen out of her view. The barely visible night around her began to dim further and further, the pain in her entire body getting further away as she watched him until she could watch no longer. The man in the overcoat looked at the photo on the phone Archie had taken earlier. It clearly showed the unimaginable horror that had assailed them being birthed from its horrific green cocoon and slithering into the darkness beyond the flash. The man smiled and typed a number into the phone's call screen, holding it to his ear. It's me. 
I've arrived in Whitesville, Connecticut, as advised. <laughs> no, none have survived. Yes, subject number two has come to full fruition. <laughs> he paused for a moment, listening to the other line. Tachibana is loose once more, yes. Yeah! We have received better data telem telemetry on the next generation chrysalids than ever before from his previous escape. We will continue to monitor him. The man listened intensely, and then a venomous smile spread across his lips, far too wide and too tall for anyone truly human. Yes. Hail Gestalt. Ah, back. He held the phone out at arm's length and then crushed it beneath his elongated fingers like it was made of paper mache. His hand opened to let the phone drop onto the ground, and he turned around and began to walk away. His bladed limb whipped in the air behind him, throwing the corpse of the young Becca Washington into a vacant front yard haphazardly, as someone would throw away trash. Back in the house where the horrific monster had been birthed, across the room from the gelatinous remains of the cocoon that birthed it, undisturbed and still in perfect shape, lay a large pile of purplish-gray ashes, the remnants of an unwarranted murder. The End I knew he wasn't dead. I knew it. <laughs> Cricket Man returns. You can, you can knock him down, but you, you can't knock him out. All it took was the death of three innocent children, but he's back. I, I love oh. two things about this story. The setup that it's definitely going to be a Candle Cousin style romp. That yeah, gets that's what I thought. That's what I thought, yeah. And uh, the fact that my uh, sort of parody of Common Rider isn't a friend to children, he murders them. <laughs> I mean, some kids deserve to be killed and eaten. Yeah, Damn. I don't know about Wild Will. He had a lot of problems, and his life kind of sucked. So Any I, cowboy yeah. adjacent character is brutally murdered. <laughs> he was, he was not cowboy adjacent. He had a cowboy now, ass name, man. Now we're fucking. Now we're gonna get into the Britishness of what you just said. <laughs> he had a cowboy ass name. Evil Knievel is not a cowboy. I didn't say Evil Knievel was a cowboy. He's, he's a dressed as Evil Knievel. He's but he's called Wild Will. Because he's wild. <laughs> All right, okay. It's alliterative. All right, okay. Although I guess his name, his last name is Coltrane, which yeah, really sort of adds pretty, to the yeah, cowboy. Yeah, you know what? He's a cowboy, yeah. <laughs> he's a cowboy by birth, but wants to be a stunt rider. That's fine. Well, That's fine with he's me. He's dead as fuck now, so it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter what he wants. <laughs> Once you die, nothing you did matters. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Everyone forgets about you within six months. Wow, so. that sounds really cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that sound peaceful? Yeah, it does. Sounds pretty nice. Sounds like a big sleep. Well, uh, that's why they call it that. They call it the big sleep. <laughs> the that's final why they call New York place. City, the big sleep. <laughs> it's the my favorite Raymond Chandler novel, The Big mm -hmm. Sleep. <laughs> um, that was great. Thank yeah. you. That was great. Yeah. I I put my I ra raised my hands up in the air when you said, uh, uh, Tachibana, he's back, baby. I knew he wasn't gone. And he's out of control. <laughs> he's fucked was up. Was he ever? Was he in control? No, he was never in control. No. He was sort of in control. Like he didn't turn into the cricket man like all willy nilly. No. Mm. Um, the rabbit hole goes deeper than you think on this one. Is all I'll say. Oh God. <laughs> I'm not ready. 
Okay. I'm not okay. ready. Hey, I think we're going to have <laughs> we're going to have a new POV character from this as well, but you you'll see that later. Alright. Well, like Riley Reed or <laughs> Oh. Oh, that kind of POV. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a bit telling on ourselves that we all laughed at that instantly. <laughs> I mean, if you, everybody knows who Riley Reed is. Everybody. No, I was just laughing to keep along. I don't know who she is. That's right. That's right. You can see that tattoo from space, bitch. Uh, Rich doesn't know any pornography actors, but for some reason he knew that we were talking about a pornography actor. Mm. I'm it's wondering just, why. Yeah. It's just through. Uh, it's good. It's through uh, osmosis, you know. I yeah. just know. Sometimes you, you said bring it up. And you could have said like, oh, context man. clues led you to that. Yeah. That would have been I way less suspicious. <laughs> It's through spermosis. I mean, osmosis. Oh, oh no! Shit. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, that was good. That was a good appetizer. Yeah. Thank you. I had yeah, to, I had to go back to my slasher roots for a second. Yeah. That's you're so good at it. You describe things like oh man, like I don't know. You just make us look like shit. Really, I don't. I don't is. think that's true. <laughs> I'm like ah, uh, then a thing happened, and you're like poetically weaving a fucking tale that could be posted in like a comic book in the 50s like that's true that's, I, that's I, sort I will... of the height that i'm trying to reach not <laughs> it's not true that you make bad things it's true that i'm trying to do pulp comics from the 50s <laughs> back Dude, before you gotta watch you gotta watch the last season of riverdale it's like oh all God. about that shit <laughs> no it's here we go boys like <laughs> You would like it. It's about like comic books and like pulp comics and mm. shit. Is it? I think you'd like is it about it. that gift that you always post? Uh, that no, that well, yes, <laughs> yes and no, <laughs> yes and no, yes Riley and Reed. no. <laughs> is Riley Reed in it? Damn, she may as well be <laughs> from that gift that we see. <laughs> um, Stop tattling on me. <laughs> I love Telling the, the Discord. Audience. You were like, Rich always asks me to post this. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Like, I, like, you need to ask me to look at the GIF. Uh, There's like, so many people right now that are so confused about what GIF this is. It's not even <laughs> it's, pornographic. No, it's, it's, not. Not. it's not. It's not. It's Neelix dancing. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, that was good. Right, shall we take a break and then come back for part two? I'm not sure. I'm asking, but I, you know, I don't care. We about shall. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. Bye. Wait, don't leave. We'll be right back. Who <laughs> says bye? everyone uh it's part two the middle bit i'm doing it now 
I'm doing the I'm doing the story. You can tell our I'm next story about is, it. Our next story is from Rich Masters. Take Ooh. us in, Rich. I'm doing it now. My story is called Scales, Wires, and Bangs. <clears throat> oh, is this about Shin Hattie? Darth Bangs? It's, well, it's also... Well, she was kind of an inspiration for something, which you'll find out in time. She's but, been an inspiration for me. For, <laughs> for a, a few things, now. yeah. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Three months before the explosion on Elima, um, I'll suffix this with, uh, if you remember what happened in the last episode was, the Senate building blew up with yeah. Kellen's dad inside. R.I.P. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> he's dead as fuck. You were like, oh, he's a good dad. I was like, he's dead. Yeah. So this is three months before. Okay. Will you just calm down? Whoa! It's Skeletor or something. It's not... It's not Grissom Graves. It's not Grissom Graves, or lighter Grissom Graves, or Russian Grissom Graves. Uh, the Reap woman gasped as she tried to prise the crocodilian hands from around her neck. The thing, what? the thing was too strong, and he smelt like an old leather handbag full of day-old farts. <laughs> what is that exactly? An smell? old person's handbag. <laughs> Mm. A crackle barrel okay. handbag. <laughs> which is all. Which Sorry. Is mainly... We have to call it its euphemism Honky Hut. <laughs> Honky Hut. The cyborg Norn Guard Poindexter next to him was. Oh, sorry. Was behind him, rushing towards them with the stun cuffs. She kicked at the turned over commissary chair next to her, which flew into Metal Millhouse's ankles. <laughs> Metal Millhouse? <laughs> <laughs> The blow sent him as flat and splayed as your mum after a glass of cheap rosé and a cheeky wink. (laughs) (laughs) And the cuffs attached themselves to the beast's long, thick, I know where your minds are going, but no, bad dog, tail. The word was tail. (laughs) His front tail or his back (laughs) tail? His back tail. Okay. The cro- Oh, for fuck's sake. Fuck off at the don't know how aliens have their dicks. That could be his big dick. Yeah, it could be. Could be, could be. And Star Trek gets that guy's knee. That's true. <laughs> anyway, the crocodile howled in pain and released the girl, who quickly got to her feet and pulled a small dagger from her boot. He was a hulking mass of green and yellow that walked somehow on two legs. His muscles bulged, but as he reset himself, somehow pushing a bestial rage back, he readjusted what looked like reading glasses perched on his snout. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> the crocodile turned towards his fellow. I can see how you got confused, Hallgrim, considering I'm a 500-pound green reptile and she 120 pounds reap weight. But please try not to attack me again. <laughs> Idiot. Shove it up your scaly shaft, Oryx, the cyborg said, as the prison emergency lights continued to shine red. His orange mechanical eyes flickered in anger behind his aviator shades he wore, even though they were inside. Oh my god. Super cool. (laughs) The little reap is a slippery one, isn't she? Can see why the prize for offering her is so good. Oryx tilted his head to stare at the reap woman. The plentiful nature of the bounty is not always correlated to the strenuousness of the mission. But in this case, I agree this delinquent is indeed a most perplexing prey. This dude likes the Sauruses. <laughs> Dictionary Jones over here. <laughs> the reap girl's blood-smeared mouth stayed coldly flat as she pushed her skins up to, 
up to the elbows of her toned and tanned forearms. Enough words, Cockadile. Let us fight. <laughs> the alarms sounded loudly around them, filling the room uncomfortably. From the far side of the commissary, a prison detail dressed head to toe in riot gear filed in around the three jumpsuited de- detainees. Hallgrim looked around anxiously, cradling the stun cuffs before turning his nose up in a sneer. Uh, don't suppose you've got anything bigger in your boot, eh? Telegram! <laughs> <laughs> Dear rich bone-sore masters, please provide context to the above scene. We're only two stories into the season and you already have too many complex characters and dense infrastructure in this story to start casually throwing in complex narratives. Please go back to the beginning and tell this story properly. Yours, the rich masters that will have to read this. (laughs) I was going to say, what timing that the telegram happened to occur while we're recording. Six hours earlier. Oh, sorry, that's been six we're days earlier. We're in the flashback? Yeah, we are. All right. Six I days need, earlier. Uh, it wasn't hours. Like Nolan-esque. <laughs> the sounds of the prison were loud today, with the your mother insults and casual xenophobia running more rampant than when someone brings up 9-11 or the War of 1812 on Story Lord's recording day. <laughs> It was M-Class Podcast Day. Oh, yes, but it started here. Yeah. The power cuts besetting the station were worse than ever, and they were making people tetchy. Oryx sat with his ample derriere bulging over the side of his reading chair in his cot, uh, reading chair, and closed his book. He sighed, then went through the open barred door of his cell to look out on the pen over the railing. People and non-corporeal entities, he bellowed. Ah, said RJ-74, the small cleaning droid who had been given a life sentence for his role in the Stellan Circus Clown Massacres. <laughs> <laughs> he hated comedy because he lacked the capacity to understand it. <laughs> and droids, Oryx held his hand up. My apologies, RJ-74. Every day is a learning opportunity and all that. Can you... <laughs> Oh, please, try to keep the noise levels to a minimum so I might finish my book. The inmates of prison outpost B008135 fell silent. Boobies. (laughs) (laughs) Fell silent and went about their prison beatings and shanking-related deaths in a deadly hush. (laughs) Just quietly... Stabbing someone. Oryx knew that it was cruel to use his increased mass to intimidate the general population, but it had meant that he could get through the classics in his time here. He had dedicated his time to reading the old books of the Lost Worlds, William Shatner's Tech Wars. (laughs) (laughs) The truest masterpiece. TV Guide, February 1985, open brackets, Will Maddie and David get together this week in Moonlighting? (laughs) Close brackets. Wow. And the, Is that really what it was? Yeah, it was, apparently. You looked it up. Um, and the novelisation of the game of the film of the game, Street Fighter 2. Foreword <laughs> by Jean-Claude Van Damme. I gotta pick this one up. Yeah. 
A small, unassuming Velotayan joined him at the railing, wearing the same orange jumpsuit, his diminutive stature doing nothing to offset his intense arrogance. Oryx knew instantly who he was. The head of the Velotayan mob, Boopy de Beppy. <laughs> Boopy de Beppy. Affectionately right, I got referred... a new favourite character. <laughs> Affectionately referred to in criminal circles as the Spaghetti Strangler. <laughs> Uh, I f- no longer feel bad for doing my Italian voice. <laughs> Not often you see a splicer. Not since before the war, I hear. Oryx said nothing. It had been all the rage before the war with the Norngard and the humans. The Velotaeans would splice animal DNA into their genetic code. At first, it was a niche among the furry community. But then, <laughs> rich kids wanted to be as fast as a Ryad, or as strong as a Tarval, or most frequently hung like a Validar sex bear. <laughs> But after the war had started, when the Velotaeans had seen the cyborg population of their mortal enemies, the Norngard, any genetic deviation had become illegal. Quiet type, eh? Mr. Beppy shrugged. Well, how would you like a one-way ticket out of here, handsome? Enjoy a peaceful life in a bayou somewhere? Oryx raised a brow and moved back to his cell. Thank you, but... My interest in whatever endeavour you will no doubt propose is nil. I have a probation review coming up. I would prefer to get back to my life via legitimate means. Tyrannothosaurus Rex. <laughs> God damn. The small we man. really were on all fucking cylinders <laughs> with this podcast. <laughs> the small man followed him to his cell and sat on his cot. He took a file from the inside of his jumpsuit and threw it to the reptile. Well, according to this, you've got as much chance as a toothless hick in a bottle opening contest. (laughs) Wait. That's the most American thing you've ever said. Um, Yeah, there you go. There you go. The parole board has already decided you're a danger to the civvies. You're going to rot in here until you become a fine pair of shoes for the warden. (laughs) <laughs> Filled with fury, Oryx dropped the papers and bounded to the cot, lifting the man up by the neck and sliding him up the wall until he was face to snout with him. His breath released in snorts from his nostrils that fogged the gangster's glasses up. Well, <clears throat> prove them wrong, eh? The impertinent little, the impertinent little deplorable gasped. <laughs> Oryx realised what he was doing and dropped Beppy, turning him away, turning away to settle himself. Even if what you say is true which would probably be a new sensation for you. I would still (laughs) rather serve my time in peace. The odious wretch stood and flattened his jumpsuit. How about in pieces? I know exactly the crime you're in for, Mr Oryx, and the population out there you have so terrified would tear you apart if they all knew the truth. Sex bear trafficking. (laughs) I'll keep your secret if you agree to do exactly as I say. As horrid as the little troll was, Oryx had no doubt he was right. The prison ingrates would turn on him en masse if they found out what he had been incarcerated for. (laughs) What did he do? Hold on a tick. Prison ingrates is incredible. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pun. pun. Prison ingrates. (laughs) Yeah. Oh um, my god. Like prison inmates, but in Greece. Yeah. It's yeah. genius. Um, it's too smart. They, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> they had all assumed it was murder or some rage related activity. In truth, to them, it would be considered far worse. He was strong, 
but there was no way even he could defend himself against the entire correctional facility. Oryx turned to, his, to the slimy little troll and sighed. What is it you require my assistance for, Mr. Beppy? Hallgrim sat still as the list of books rolled around on the display in the cyborg visual HUD. There were so many self-help books in the prison library, but this was the third time he had searched for the book. Ain't here, he admitted. Could it be listed under anything else, mate? The con sniffed, twitching with the edginess of a man you didn't really want to say no or much of anything else to. Uh, Try an an arsonist's guide to effective torture, he said. (laughs) They just let you read that? They should probably not have that in the jail. (laughs) Yeah, you should probably read like Amelia Bedelia or <laughs> He said, looking suddenly behind him as if he'd heard something. One more search gave Holgrim the book he was looking for, but he hesitated to confirm it. Listen, mate, you're just reading it for curiosity's sake, right? The con, pu- oh, yeah. the con pulled a match from a box in his pocket and nervously flicked at it with a thumbnail as he laughed. Y- y- yeah, 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 Curio- curiosity, <laughs> right, yeah. This conversation was starting to bore Hallgrim, so he nodded. Good enough for me. Row four in the probably not a good idea to have in a galactic prison compound (laughs) section. (laughs) As the convict... At least they're aware. At least they're aware. As the convict moved away, Hallgrim double clenched his fingers and thin, rigid wires protruded from under his fingernails so so he could sign the book out by typing faster. Hmm. Billy Baby Burner, self-help book 42, he said to himself. Billy Baby Burner. (laughs) No wonder he ended up being a pyromaniac. (laughs) Baby Burner was a hyphenated surname. (laughs) He... Uh, he said to himself before someone closed the top of his folding computational machine down on his hands... (laughs) He, he whimpered in pain as the lights flicked on and off again in the prison, revealing Hallgrim's visitor in all his lack of glory. Hallgrim looked up into the beady, dark, meatball eyes of the spaghetti strangler. <laughs> <laughs> He's got meatball eyes. <laughs> Hello, Hallgrim. Commit any petty crimes lately? Hallgrim smiled. smiled. Well, I pissed in your mum's cornflakes this morning. That petty enough for you? Damn, petty. It's a good thing I like you, Hallgrim. Beppy laughed, then pressed the machine top harder, top down harder, causing Hallgrim to grimace in pain. But don't test that affection. Remember, if I hadn't stepped in on your first night here, you'd be on date nights with Balls Deep, the bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Hallgrim broke into a sweat. Look, look, like I said at the time, mate, I ain't questioning the fella's lifestyle choices, ap- apart from the sexual assault of prisoners and eating of their skins, you know. I, I, I've just got a girlfriend already. She goes to another prison. You wouldn't know her. She's got... <laughs> she she got in prison for being too sexy, you know. Don't look it up. Their prison records are down, you know. <laughs> Holy shit. You're full of shit, boy. Boopy de Beppy <laughs> flashed his shark eyes at Hallgrim. Coincidentally, he'd had his usual eyes replaced with shark eyes to seem more intimidating. He released the laptop. Seems like a terrible upgrade. <laughs> They're sideways on his head. <laughs> it's he, like 
lateral at best. <laughs> he released the laptop and Hallgrim rubbed his bruised digits. I'm here to call in that favour you owe me. Um, as far as I recall, you already cashed that favour in when you got me to patch you into the security subsystems to help you smuggle the contraband in, Hallgrim sneered. Unless you need more sherbet and pasta-themed porn already. <laughs> pasta-themed porn? Oh, cannoli's a tube. <laughs> oh my god, hold on, I gotta go through some real quick. Where do you think that white stuff comes from? Smart mouth on you, kid. Beppy smiled. Consider this the last part of that favour. In a few days, a friend of mine's gonna come calling. And you, my cyborg friend, are gonna help him. Help him do what exactly? Hallgrim cradled his hands. I hope it isn't a hand job because my fingers are well and truly fucked already. <laughs> Another one. Another pun. <laughs> Beppy smiled his shark smile. I mean, this guy was a thin away from being a shark man at this point. <laughs> the two of He was you. ragging on the crocodile man. He's got all this shark shit in him. Natural enemies, yep. Re- Jeff. Je- Re- Jeff. Re- Jeff. The two of you you are going to kill a prisoner for me. It was two more days before Oryx entered the prison library, and there, at the counter waiting for him, was a Norngard cyborg who looked like he was born to take the role of prison librarian. He was slight and weasley looking, his body smothered with implants. From visual receptors, to enhanced hands, to a radio antenna that picked up both FM and AM radio. Oh, good AM. Everyone wants to listen to that. They don't have a new M this no, far in the future? No. XM? They don't have XM? No, they don't. <laughs> Shit. Sucks. It, it was all he needed, a filthy techno-freak Norn to work with on a job he was desperate not to partake in. Oh, good. A Velitaean. The Norn didn't even look up from his book, Men Are From Mars, Nothing Of Any Value Is From Velit. <laughs> Damn. They make racist books <laughs> for this prison? in the probably not a good idea section. I was looking for a way to make my time in maximum security with rapists and killers somehow seem comparably less miserable. <laughs> Day, days must indubitably be terrible merely existing as a Norn, Oryx said through gritted teeth. The, the war might have been over for a long time, but the scars were as deep and rooted as Mitch McConnell's obvious dementia. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, I can't wait. I can't. I'm going to say it. I can't wait. Yeah. Ding dong, the dick is dead. Just Um, just drop dead. The hatred so burned in, it was like showing a red rag to a bull or a colour chart of brown paint to a police officer. (laughs) Holy shit. Oh, jeez. I don't want to follow this. (laughs) Listen, pal. I'm a black belt in four types of deadly martial arts, and my dad was the heavyweight boxing champ of the Outer Rings, Hallgrim muttered. You can't intimidate me. Oryx Oryx shook his his head. His dad works at Fight Tendo. (laughs) (laughs) Oryx shook his head. I'm not trying to intimidate you, fool. I'm trying to get this nonsense over with so I can regain some of the brain cells lost in this pointless diatribe. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, Beppy said you'd be coming That you and I were to offer prisoner Hallgrim put down his book and stared at Oryx Which will probably be a break from all the Child eating and old lady robbing That gene trash like you are used to Damn, gene trash is fucked up Yeah, that's uh, a whole new level 
And you have a guy named Beppy de Beppy in that story. <laughs> Oryx bristled, his scales tightening. Did you have to utilise your inbuilt dictionary for any of those long words, Norn? <laughs> or were they indelibly tattooed across your mother's back so you had something to read while you sired some more cretinous siblings? Something to Riley read. <laughs> <laughs> they looked at each other for a long time, a hard stare that could have fried an egg, until Holgrim did something unexpected, threw back his head and laughed. All right, Norn, I can work with you. I'm Holgrim. Oryx offered a tentative hand. Oryx, he growled. With a sneer, Holgrim looked at Oryx's outstretched claws. I said I could work with you, mate. I didn't say I wanted to pick out our forever home. (laughs) (laughs) Oryx pulled a piece of card from his pocket, the sort of record card that normally sat in the cover of a library book. Beppy gave me this. They moved over to the stacks to locate the book referenced on the card, finding it instantly. It was juxtaposed against the rest, sticking out like your mother's phone number in my contacts list. Wait, why is her number in there? Listen, Janice or Martha, whatever your basic old bitch name is. Damn! Don't be drunk dialing me at 9.30pm on a Tuesday when you've polished off a bottle of whatever bargain bin bleach that passes for wine at the discount aisle of your local 7-Eleven, begging me to be your baby's daddy because I'm one of the only decent fathers out there. Because, number one... I know, bitch, you don't have to tell me. Two, I'm not interested. You look and smell like a foot. And three, your son is 37 years old. You probably should just (laughs) bite the bullet and get him a therapist or a chiropractor at this point. Maybe both, if his birthday is near Christmas and you can palm it off as one present. I'm blocking your number now. Goodbye. This was all feeling really specific. Yeah. It's like 37. I'm 37. 37, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) The, the book had no obvious signs of library wear. In fact, the binding and leather was... Yeah, I just went straight back into it. <laughs> In fact, the binding and leather was virtually new. It was titled How to Win Friends and Influence People, written by the current head of the Intergalactic Police. Holgrim pulled the book from the row and opened it, giving Oryx a raised eyebrow and a derisive snort of laughter as they surveyed the contents inside. In a hollow in the pages sat the two items all police officers officers seemed to think could gain them friends and influence. A set of restraints and a loaded gun. Damn. Holgrim took his tray of indistinguishable grey-looking slop that looked and smelled like day-old jizz, passed his usual Ugh. table and went whoa, to whoa, sin- whoa, 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 whoa. Your jizz is grey? Uh, his jizz it's, is grey. He's a old. Oh, okay. I don't know the jizzes yet. <laughs> It'll be in the coffee table book I released oh, before good, good, episode good. 20. Galactic jizzes. The other Norn inmates stared daggers and threw daggers at him, but luckily they bounced harmlessly off Oryx's thick hide. One cursory look around Casada Crim, Casada Crim revealed the velvet would oh give in Oryx a similar amount of stink eye at his choice of dining partner. The prison complex was at boiling point, and the guards were edgy as they had been one man down for the majority of the week, with no relief in sight. As far as Oryx knew, it was Correction Officer Damage, the gentleman with the one eye who loved to bludgeon new fish with his nightstick. (laughs) Hopefully he had succumbed to painful dysentery. We uh, we better get this done quick before the whole place explodes at a time when everyone wants to turn on us, Holgrim muttered. 
I feel was wanted as a stray pube in a yogurt. <laughs> oh my god. Oryx stared straight at his gruel and began eating. Beppy explained the prisoner is being transferred today. Don't blow a fuse, Norn. A transfer? After lunch? That's not their usual protocol. Holgrim pushed his tray across the table, his appetite gone. Oryx took another spoon of grey, nearly missing his mouth as the lights in the in the mess hall failed again. Listen. He's a crocodile man. How did he miss his mouth? <laughs> his whole face is a mouth. <laughs> But he'd have to have really long arms to get it in his snout. Yeah, I guess he got, I'm trying to, like, do it. Yeah, I get it. Scuttlebutt says the prisoner, whilst in restraints, broke a correctional officer's nose, then tore another's left testicle clean off. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Holgrim laughed. <laughs> Fella deserves a medal. Anyway, Scuttlebutt's full of shit. You remember that story last week about that Hydra beast in solitary confinement and how someone had just drawn a super detailed dick on the glass? Fucking <laughs> 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 optical illusion. <laughs> Oi, Scuttlebutt! He shouted to a human sized beetle. I knew it. I knew, I knew Scuttlebutt it was, was going to be a guy. I knew it I knew was it. a guy. <laughs> he shouted to a human sized beetle dressed in a do rag. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get this story about that new transfer from? What's the matter, Grim? Scuttlebutt, Scuttlebutt chuckled. You get all those machine parts and no Wi-Fi? I got the news from your mama. Buggy little prick, Holgrim muttered, before talking to someone on the next table over. Hey, your mama. What's the word on the new oh thing? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Rich. This is the greatest story you've ever written. Go have a word with these nuts, Yammer said, flipping Holgrim the bird. Holgrim sighed and got up to speak to another man in the lunch line. Yo, these nuts. About ten minutes and seven humorous exchanges later, <laughs> Holgrim returned to the table with a snail axion called Harry Johnson. <laughs> oh, and pointed man. him to Oryx. Listen, tell Gator Boy what you just told me, Johnson. I uh, don't don't like being pulled out of the lunch line because I got the rumbly tumblies, Johnson said. <laughs> Holgrim cuffed Johnson around the head so hard he zipped back into his shell. <laughs> no, you cretin, about the prisoner. Johnson slowly pushed his head out of his shell, his long antenna-based eyes still rolling around. Well... I heard from a cousin on the transport that the newbie is a rape terrorist. No sooner had the words left Johnson's mouth, the door to the dining room opened up and a small woman was unceremoniously dumped on the floor of this all-male prison. Scuttlebug licked at his proboscis, (laughs) rubbing his forelegs together. Pretty little flower, he muttered as as other undesirables started circling around the woman. Quick as a flash... The Reap grabbed Scuttlebutt's proboscis and pulled it to the nearest table, then grabbed a knife off the nearest dinner tray and nailed his snout to the table. (laughs) Yikes. After a few seconds of gasping and abject shock, four men rushed her. She hopped over a charging man who smashed face first against the door, making a Looney Tunes-esque sound of a ringing bell as he knocked himself unconscious. (laughs) (laughs) As she landed, she swept the leg of another one, and made her knee immediately rigid, connecting with the falling Crim's chin with a sickening crack. Two left now, 
and the Reap girl was still holding the dinner tray in her free hand. And as the next <sighs> two approached, she threw it to the floor and used it as a skateboard, sliding to, <laughs> sliding to them so quickly that as she as they threw punches towards her as she passed between them, she was able to duck and dodge out of the way. It seemed as if the two men froze, kind of like at the end of Rocky Three, where they have that secret <laughs> fight and the scene stops and turns to watercolour. <laughs> Although after the two giants connected, the only colour colour water on show was the red from their smashed faces and the brown puddling around their feet as they both fell to the floor unconscious. <sighs> the reap picked up her tray, bust it, and then left the mess to find her cell, leaving a stunned group behind her. Hallgrim nudged Oryx. So, uh, weren't we planning on being beat to a pulp then? <laughs> Over the next few days... Oryx watched the woman from afar, with Hallgrim in tow not far behind. They witnessed an attempted attack where someone had tried to jump on her while she was sleeping, only for her to have set the springs of the cart up like a giant mouse trap that closed on the would-be rapist's junk, severing it <laughs> immediately from his body. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Draw this for me. She wound up the springs so that when he jumped on it, the weight forced it closed and it, it severed like, off his jaw. Like a clamshell, like clink. Yep. Okay, I get it. I get it. Okay. They now watched... that we have the science out of the way, <laughs> it's very real. They, they watched as she was punched on, uh, pounced on as she lifted weights in the meat zone and used a barbell to him. <laughs> and used a barbell to impale a man to the wall, then used the extra weight to finish her set. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Then they tried to attack her in the showers, but she had raided the cleaning supplies cupboard and rigged the other heads with cleaning acid, turning three assailants into that guy from Robocop that gets pulped by Bodica's car. <laughs> Help me! <laughs> oh, get off of me, man! <laughs> oh, man, get off of me! Oryx and Hallgrim both agreed. Who the hell would send them after a lone reap? Even one as brutal as her. The prison itself would get rid of a reap soon enough. She couldn't fend off these attacks forever. Hallgrim noted that she was starting to look tired, though, not being able to sleep for the last two nights of attacks. The two immediately went to the library to retrieve the gun and cuffs for all the good it would do. Maybe, uh, Beppy will let us off when we explain the woman's a straight-up killer machine, Hallgrim offered desperately. <laughs> yes, indeed. Beppy has always seemed the reasonable sort, Oryx nodded as they turned to the stacks. All right, smart ass. I was just trying... Hallgrim stopped and put a hand to Oryx. There, lying dead, was Correctional Officer Damage. He had been shot mm. repeatedly in the torso, but had been dead a few days by the smell of him. It's a setup. What preposterousness is this? Oryx was, <laughs> Oryx was flabbergasted and went to approach the body, but Hallgrim stopped him. Well now, I know you ain't the big bad everyone thinks you are now. Hallgrim smirked at Oryx's puzzled face. Only a rank amateur would put their hands on a body they didn't kill themselves. This is a frame job, mate. Yep. Boopy to Beppy, Oryx asked. Suddenly, <laughs> sounds even stupider in a crocodile voice. <laughs> Suddenly realising the puzzle piece is falling into place to reveal a picture of two jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. He wanted me gone because I'm a threat to his power. The prison lights flicked off and on again, and Hallgrim clicked his fingers. And he wants me dead, because I know he has access to the security grid. He's clearly causing these blackouts, and I know now he's killed a guard. 
But why send us after the reap if the guards will kill us anyway because of this sack of hate? To keep us busy, Oryx muttered, angrier than he'd, he could ever remember being. And if she killed us in the meantime, it just gave the guard more bodies to pick through while he escaped hmm. in the chaos. Hallgrim unzipped his jumpsuit and brought the computer's USB hub down to his crotch. When Oryx <laughs> looked at him in disgust, he shrugged. I uh, had some surgery to turn my John Thomas into a dual data drive and lovemaking machine. <laughs> I mean, why not? Guards weren't exactly going to check me down there. They got a bad case of the not gays. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about American prisoners. <laughs> Holgrim accessed the prison's database tenderly and gently. <laughs> Just like I thought, Beppy arranged for the Reap's transfer here. Well then, Oryx said, pulling the stun cuffs from the library book but leaving what was clearly a murder weapon next to the body. Let's go make a friend. Hallgrim overrode the cell door and knocked loudly on the bars, eager not to become a dickless, impaled blob man any time soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Hello, Reap lass, We, uh, we come in peace. For goodness sake, Hallgrim, we don't have time for this. Reap, <laughs> someone is trying to kill the three of us and we need to work. Oryx marched into the cell and pulled back the covers, only to reveal a piece of paper with the words, Look up, written on them. <laughs> it's a fucking roadrunner. <laughs> <laughs> he obliged, just as the Reap, who had been pressed to the ceiling like some freaky spider woman, descended with what looked like a metal pole she had dislodged from her cot. Oryx caught the woman in midair. We're here to talk. She slashed across Oryx's face and he instinctively threw her. The force was such that she flew out of the cell, over the guardrail and down into the common area. The lights turned off, the emergency lighting growing, glowing, replacing it with a red... The emergency lighting replacing it with a red glow. And the prisoners rushed to the door of their cells, hooting and hollering encouragement and obscenities. Oryx jumped over the rail after her to try and calm the situation down, and Hallgrim sighed, ran to the stair and ran to the stairwell, annoyed by their shows of athleticism. <laughs> <laughs> As the Reap woman tried hacking and slashing at Oryx with the pole, he grabbed it and threw it away, then held her by the neck and pushed her to the floor. Will you just calm down? And you're all caught up now. Our three heroes are... <laughs> heroes are probably a stretch, so let's just call them simply people, are now surrounded by prison guards and have been framed for murder. Let's check in with them, shall we? <laughs> this is what I was attempting to disseminate to you before you tried bombarding me with furniture. Oryx found his back against the other two, trusting an enemy before ever trusting in an authoritarian fascist force. Nice. Smart. I he have. has that tattooed on his knuckle. <laughs> He's got a I, lot of fingers. <laughs> yeah. I had been told a lizard and robot would come for me, the Reap said in her thick, veil accent that was vaguely Russian, because Rich can do that accent. Yeah, good job. <laughs> they said you were sending people against me. Told by Boopy de Beppy, I reckon, Hallgrim said, rolling his eyes. The Reap turned. How did you know? The small man who smelled of marinara and sweat. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
also told us we needed to kill you, Oryx laughed. But that's why we came to talk to you. We need to work together, Reap, to get out of here. Horgrim, any way you can... Well, I could quickly upload some tasteful obituaries, but apart from that, I'm fresh out of ideas. <laughs> Ready? The guards raised their, raised their rifles. I uh, wish I could say it was nice knowing you both, but it really wasn't, Horgrim muttered. The Reap touched her ear, turning her, her ear, turning her head as if distracted. <laughs> Where have you been? Aim, said the guard. Now would be preferable, the Reap said as if to no one. Horgrim gave Oryx a look. Great time for our badass Reap killer machine to go do lally. The Reap <laughs> turned to them with a smirk and got down to her knees. I would cover if I were you. Oryx ducked and heard the sound of shattering glass before a white light flooded the common area from the skylight above. The last thing Oryx remembered was watching as the guards, the Reap and Holgrim all fell to the floor as the flash hit them. Oryx woke with a start in a comfy red leather chair that was just the right level of worn by a roaring log fire. He nearly mm. knocked over the small table that sat in front of him that had a large tankard of ale atop it. He grabbed the glass and downed the three pint contents in one long slurp, then looked around to find Holgrim, the Reap Girl, and someone else similarly holding glasses. Mm. Thought you'd never wake up, Holgrim patted him on the leg. What's happening here? Oryx slurred still dozy from the stunning. Where? Where is this? The Reap had her mask off. She was no older than 25, her face bordered by misshapen blonde bangs. Her face was dotted with scars, looking like she'd been through the wars. Free, Crocodile Man. You are free. The stranger put her tankard down. This is a place I found some years back. It's called the Midpoint Inn. It's on the outskirts of the Vale. A great warhammer rested upon her lap, and she wore a platinum mm. bear helm. Ooh. What would a pillar of a lemur want with two cons and a reap? Oryx sneered, no lover of, of, of the pillars after what they had done to the spliced. The reap is my friend, and you two were the only people in that prison that tried to help her, Raph said, draining her glass and putting it back on the table. I could have spaced you both while you were unconscious, but she said you were innocent pawns. Holgrim sat straight and cleared his throat. Hey, I'm not innocent. I've robbed banks, you know, and participated in cyber fraud through the five sectors. <laughs> I stole... <laughs> I wonder I st how he got in prison. <laughs> I stole the Vashni diamond from Velit Prime. Oryx pushed Holgrim back in his chair. My friend here has a penchant for deception and exaggeration. What he <laughs> meant to say was, thank you. Now tell me how much I owe you for the libation and I will be on my way. The Raff laughed, putting Doomcock down on the floor with a fud. Yeah! I think you misunderstand, Mr Oryx. The two of you aren't going anywhere. You owe me a debt, and you'll pay it, or you'll return to that station and pay for whatever mess you caused. Holgrim crossed his arms across his chest petulantly. Figures. What do you want us to do? I've got a great singing voice. I'm sure Oryx here can do you a great interpretive dance lesson or something. <laughs> Raph leant forward so that she couldn't be overheard. What do you know about bombing Senate buildings? Oh my god! The end. What? 
Man, that was so good. Holy shit, that ruled, Rich. I got, God like, damn. Guy Ritchie, like, Snatch <laughs> vibes. I got, dude, it was so good. I said in the chat that I wanted to introduce my Mookie and Dutes of the season, and Oryx the, yeah. and Holgrim are my Mookie and Dutes uh, mismatched pair of losers who I, I really love. Um, dude. I'm glad you like. Oryx is great. Uh, He's or- great. So I'm watching uh, X Men the animated series with Evan at the moment, and he really loves Beast. So I wanted yeah. to do a Beastie character because he's a horrible monster who loves his long words. <laughs> That's yeah. Pick up on that. Yeah. T- Tyrannothesaurus Rex was fucking genius, <laughs> Josh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love him. I love that these was characters. Good. That was so good. Good. I'm glad. And Raph. Um, the Reap is basically based on the character from a Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it ain't broke, don't yep, fix exactly. it. Exactly. But Wrath might be bad. I don't care. Or Wrath might be good mm-hmm. and government bad. Mm. That's how I feel. Mm. That's Possibly. what I would go bet. I would bet on Black. Wrath. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Always bet on Wrath. Uh, all done. No, that rolled. <laughs> I'm glad you that was great. It. <clears throat> Super funny. I was in. I was in. I I, I love a good prison mm. story because of our it's experiences good. inside, right? Yeah, because when we were in prison, <laughs> yeah. basically it's like what we went through. Yeah, it's like you and yeah. me. Yeah. It's yeah. weird that you just wrote a history story about what <laughs> happened. <laughs> I've heard this inside. before. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. We were Oryx, Holgrim, and the Rape, but you don't have to. No, we were Harry Johnson, these nuts, <laughs> and Skullfuck, Yo Mama. Um, I went. I went one. I think I. You know, I. I did that joke, and I was like, "Can I push one further?" And I was like, "No, you you've got to end it as free." It was. It was funny, but you should have gone like two more. Like just, you, at that point, you just got to go like more. Uh, yeah. If you would have done 11. one more, it wouldn't have been enough. But no, if you would have done two yeah. more, yes. that would have been hilarious. It's, it's yes. three or it five. Back three or five are the magic numbers when you do a list <laughs> like that. Uh, right, okay. Uh, so that's the end of part two. We're going to come back in part three, and we're going to get a bit of Henderson magic and a story. Yeah, that's, that's what they... Yeah, what? Huh? Huh? What? Hit the old Henderson magic. You know what it is. Do you believe in magic? <laughs> we'll be in back a in ginger's a dick. <laughs> Everything's magic with a ginger dick. It's magic. <laughs> we'll be back in a few minutes. Do you believe in magic? <laughs> Jake, wasn't it? Josh. Yeah. It's your turn, dude. That's the whole intro? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Hey oh. It's part three. Hey-o. I mean, right. what do you want from me? It's part three. 
It was really funny too because it was like, all right, I, I put up my headphones. Uh, I, it's, uh, you can say the thing. All right. Hey, <laughs> He turned it on. He cranked it up. Yeah. I respect it. Came on stage. Yeah. I leave it all for. I leave it all for the fans. He was doing like yellow leather, brown leather, yellow leather, red leather. How <laughs> now, brown cow? Yeah. How? How? And then. All right. Hey yo. Hey yo. My story is called. <laughs> You can check out, but you can never bleed. It has what? nothing to do with the story. <laughs> it's the lyrics to that Eagles song. Yep. Those are the exact lyrics, yeah. Yeah. Just it had, look, we need to make titles. I'm against it personally. <laughs> I don't know why we have to make titles. Yeah, I noticed that when you sent me all your things. There's no titles on any of them. <laughs> I fucking hate making titles. Just gonna start like emo banding it and being like are you afraid of the trail of the dead reaper <laughs> just whatever i don't care that's how i title <laughs> my stories i mean this is a fucking stellar opening <laughs> this is this is the best opening all right hey oh <laughs> I, I have to sing first so <clears throat> making your way in big d today takes everything you've got Taking a break from all these stories sure would help a lot. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to have a three-way? Yeah. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows you're lame. <laughs> and they're always glad you came, like as a number three. <laughs> you want to see C-U-N-T or Obama's all to blame. You wanna go where everybody knows your land. Boris Bloodsuck, formerly known as the Vampire Lord, sat at the bar face down, singing and humming his favorite shitcom song as Fred wiped up the bar. Fred, with a single finger, lifted up Boris's head swiftly and wiped the drool and God knows what else from under Boris and let his head slam back down onto the hard surface. Boris hardly noticed. All right, Vampire Lord, Fred said sarcastically. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but please don't ever come back here ever again. For the love of gods, you're so annoying, and, are bad at si and you're a bad singer, and you smell like how a rusty spoon tastes. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> One more blood cocktail, my good sir, Boris shouted as he slid off his stool. Uh, I told you we don't serve that here, Fred said as he turned around to an empty stool. Then why have I been getting white girl wizard wasted on this whole time? What have I been getting? I'm so drunk I can't even read. <laughs> Boris said as he a single hand popped up from below the counter waving an empty cocktail glass. Uh, girly temples, Fred said matter-of-factly. <laughs> Just then, Grawl's bell tower began to ring as the morning hellcock began to crow. Scream! God damn That's how you wake up in the morning <laughs> Look buddy Fred said I appreciate that times are hard right now And you don't have a clan Are you guys called clans? If so you should probably rebrand that That's got like real bad connotation <laughs> But you can't stay here all night every night uh, This isn't an inn <laughs> Ding Oh nice <laughs> Why don't <laughs> Why don't you, I, I don't know, hit up the library to sleep like most homeless Ding? vampires do. Ding. <laughs> That's it. Thanks for the show today, guys. We did it. 
Got both prompts in on the first page. Editor Josh, cue the music. I'd like to thank Weezer for being our musical guest tonight. As always, thanks to Rich for hosting this 29th episode in a row. We've got a regular Christopher Walken on our hands. Stay tuned for four straight hours of Girls Gone Wild infomercial. Jesus. <laughs> but, but, Boris pleaded, it's the dawn. I, I can't go around. The sun will kill me. I saw you on the roof the other day rubbing Peppercorn's J.O. lotion all over yourself, suntanning, dude. You're a daywalker. We all know it. <laughs> now get! Fred said as he picked up a broom and started sweeping the vampire out the door. Fine, fine, I go, Boris relented. But only because I want to, and not because mean man with adamantite abs and soft, supple rag-wiping hands wants Boris to. Good day to you, sir! <laughs> with that, Boris waved his hand and drew a tunnel on the wall and stepped through it, as classic vampire lore says, and is a real power. Don't have to look it up. I believe it. Yep. <laughs> it's canon now. Get it? Yep, it's canon. Immediately, Boris was transported back to his favorite spot to sleep and hunt rats for their blood and milk. <laughs> the, back, the back alley of Flamingo's Hideout, TM. <laughs> I don't know if I called it anything. I don't even remember. So it's it now. That's what it is now. Boris made a record-scratching noise with his mouth and started to narrate in the third person. Souls, I bet you're all wondering how Boris got into this situation. <laughs> it all began episode 27 where I was a bit character and mainly comic relief for a story that was so boring it was headed nowhere. <laughs> all alone in this world, Boris can't even find thralls to narrate story of his life. <laughs> a pointless tale much like episode 27. <laughs> Jesus. Josh the writer is taking a beating in this one. <laughs> what a dick. I hate that guy. Nobody will ever remember Boris and his amazing singing voice. <laughs> Boris sat down next to a rat. The rat looked up cutely at Boris as it chewed on a piece of cheese. Ah, Mr. Rat, you got any milks for Boris? Give me all your fucking money, punk! The rat yelled as he pulled out a gun. Oh, what no! the hell? Another rat with a gun. <laughs> Or is it the same it's gotta be the same oh, one. <laughs> Boris woke up in the same alley around dusk. His head hurt from being pistol whipped by the most gangster ass, thug ass, hard as nails ass, motherfucking rodent and all a big D. And that was saying something because I have literally seen a rat eat its own foot off just because it was boarded in a cage for too long. Rats don't give a fuck. Rats will eat you out from the inside and make a little house out of your rib cage where they'll just breed with each other Alabama style <laughs> until all your skin has been devoured <laughs> and they are and there aren't any more nutrients to sustain their Borg-esque rat pool they formed into a moving wave of disease and death. Like the floor like the floor is actually moving, like those things in the airport, but it's rats. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you say things and I'm just like has this actually happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> That's writing for you. Who knows? <laughs> no, I did see a rat eat a tone foot off once. Nice. I know. My cousin had rats as pets, and he was like, they're so cute, blah, blah, blah. And then I watched it eat its own foot, and I was like, That's not cute. That's not cute, man. What's kind That's of the fucking opposite? terrible. <laughs> and anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Boris! A gentle whisper blew through the wind. Boris! Huh, 
Boris jerked uh, upright like I jerked your dad upright last night. <laughs> I forgot I wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't him in the garage jacking the car up. That was me jacking his dad handle. <laughs> We're going to a ball game next weekend. Padres versus the Padre fuckers. You're not invited. His dad handle. Natasha? Boris shouted reflexively. Oh my god. <laughs> Boris, come to the library, the voice said. Uh, was, uh, come to the library, the voice said. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, did you just say library? Boris said with a wince. <laughs> the library, Boris, set me free. I'll make your dreams come true. I mean, that sounds great, but I need to know. Are you saying library on purpose, or are you doing a bit here? This could be a deal breaker. I don't know if I can have my dreams fulfilled by a disembodied voice that can't even say library. I'm a Russo-Vampiric stereotype, and even <laughs> I learned how to say library with two R's. It's not hard. Library. <laughs> the voice fell silent, and only the pounding of Boris's aching jaw and head could be heard in the still of the night. Okay, I guess we're done. Not gonna answer me, I guess. Cool. Good talk, lady. Guess I'm going to library. You <laughs> <laughs> gonna real prick about this. <laughs> he's kind of drunk and just got pistol whipped by a rat. Uh, he's, he's had, had a, a bad, bad day. day. He's had a, he's bad, had a bad, day. bad two episodes. <laughs> As Boris reached the massive building that once housed the library, I, it's gonna be so hard to say this, he glanced <laughs> upward to see an the ancient script written in stone blocks to the building, like a temple that was once revered, the writing had stood for a thousand years, only now one of the R's was blown apart and not visible. <laughs> Grawl library, <laughs> Boris said out loud. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. <laughs> I'll be a son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Boris walked into the what once was a gigantic and grand repository of knowledge, but uh, was now only mainly used as a toilet, one which he himself had used many times. He had been here before, of course, back when he was a young vampire. He'd study the ancient ways. Deep in the stacks, he'd practice sucking blood out of the necks of his victims on a pillow cushion. Don't shame him. We've all been there, am I right, guys? <laughs> Editor, edit out those cricket sounds, please. <laughs> oh, no, it's Rio. <laughs> Shit. He's back. Now all that remained of this once majestic knowledge factory were ruins and dusty tomes thrown to the ground. The paladins had let the library decay and rot under their rule, since reading books was, quote, for soy boys and nerd boners. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> After the revolt in Grawl, many looters took the mo most of the tomes, especially the erotic ones that were kept behind those weird library cage things. You know the ones. Like those medieval jail doors they have around books that only make you want to know what the hell is in that section even more. Instead of just having them accessible to everyone and being adults about human sexuality or pictures of tits or boners or that the Holocaust actually did happen or whatever controversial <laughs> thing people think is godforsaken hellscape of a joke of an existence. Anyway. Anyway. I got too real. <laughs> Dead. Hello! Boris shouted into the darkness. The echo of his voice traveled far down into the cavernous well of bookstacks below. The Grawl Library was once so caked up with knowledge that the ancient city fathers built the temple into the ground. A swirling double helix of stacks and stairs slowly twisting 
and arched downward until not even Boris's super vampire night vision could see the bottom. <laughs> he walked slowly down one of the spiraling ramps and randomly plucked a dusty book from the shelf. My top ten favorite defenestrations by Aldous Mudspine, he said out loud. <laughs> Pass, Boris said as he threw the book down into the pit. <laughs> he waited for the sound of the heavy leather-bound tome to reverberate back up to him, but... Nothing except this cool train sound I have going on. <laughs> what the fuck that was? It's a fucking train. This is my whole life. Are you hearing this? <laughs> We're going to have to add that to the theme song. Jesus Christ. It's the library train. <laughs> Choo-choo. Get learned, motherfuckers. <laughs> He whistled, that's a big hole, just like your mama's hole. <laughs> he laughed at himself, man, I really need to get some friends. <laughs> <laughs> he picked up another book, this time a heavier gold-bound tome with lots of pretty pictures on the cover. M-I-L-F by Reese's T.Y., he said out loud. <laughs> under the parentheses, the title, uh, under the title in parentheses, Mummies I'd Like to Find. <laughs> It was just a li- a bunch of it was just a list of mummies that this guy apparently would like to find and have dinner with. Pass, Boris said, throwing. Right, I want down. that book. Can we make yeah. that? <laughs> Use the candle. The female voice was back. The candle in the library. <laughs> it said, all spooky as heck. What candle are you even saying to me, woman? Speak what. <laughs> Speak what translates to English for our audience, for fuck's sake! (laughs) A green glow could be seen from below, and the pit faintly on one of the ramps leading down into the pit. Wow, what a great sentence, Henderson. I believed it. (laughs) I I was there. Boris squinted and could barely make out its shine. Even in the pitch blackness, the glow was dull and the distance was great. Ugh, now I have to go down this stupid ramp for a stupid candle. <laughs> These stupid ghosts and riddles and fetch quests. Gather five flesh tulips. Make my lost prize champion Merkmonk bone car driver. <laughs> Bring me dime bag of giggle dirt. Drink whole gallon of rat's milk without puking, he said. <laughs> he went on and on as he descended into the inky blackness. It was as if the pages of every single tome spilled their words out into the void and covered the whole area in shadow. Boris slowly made his way down and down into the shadow. He'd, been at, he'd be out of breath if his lungs still needed air. As he reached the green light, he could see the, a floor full of candles. Most were unlit, save one which glowed an eerie green. Okay, ghost, now what? He said, looking up in several directions. <laughs> Use the candle, the voice said again. <laughs> are are you trying to say Kindle, Boris asked? <laughs> candle, C-A-N-D-L-E, candle, <laughs> the voice repeated, passive-aggressive as fuck. Put the book above the candle. Boris looked around and found a... Look, uh, Boris looked around the ground for a book. Under a pile of broken shelves, he found a random tome. He blew the dust off of its cover and flipped it over, trying to find the title. G-I-L-F by Reese's T-Y's. <laughs> Boy, this guy sure has a genre. <laughs> Again, under the title, in parentheses was written, Gelatinous Cubes I'd Like to Fuck. <laughs> Boris shrugged 
and brought the book over to the green candle. He held he held the book above the flame until he felt a pull. Almost like a magnet locking another magnet onto himself, the book stayed horizontal just above the candle flame. After a second, the green flame engulfed the book and vaporized it within milliseconds. Stunned, Boris looked around like, what the fuck was that shit? But soon, <laughs> but soon he could see green text being printed in midair above the candle. Oh, candle, I get it. He said, realizing this lame joke's payoff wasn't even that good, but here we are. <laughs> it's like a Kindle, get it, guys? I got it, I got it. I got okay, it, all right. Uh, Josh, edit up those crickets, please. <laughs> he read a few lines. One cube in particular seems really fuckable, the text read. <laughs> <laughs> the milky white gelatin of this cube is caused by all the jizz it consu- consumes because of its fuckability. What the hell is this shit, Boris? <laughs> Is that the kid from co- episode like two or three? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the jizz baby. cube. <laughs> baby? <laughs> What the hell is this shit? But he said, uh, he couldn't. But he couldn't help it. Almost against his will, he kept reading. His eyes grew heavy as the words he read spilled into him like jizz into a white gelatinous cube's <laughs> flesh orifice. <laughs> he felt himself swaying back and forth and tried to close his his eyes. It didn't matter. The images flooded his brain until zoop. <laughs> he woke up in a dungeon. He looked around but saw with new eyes. He was the gelatinous cube himself. Uh-huh. What the actual fuck, he said. <laughs> but the words only came out as glorps and slorps and bubbles of spittle. Suddenly, he noticed a female cube whose acid spittle smelled like rotting flesh. He was turned on. <laughs> Boris would go on to live a full life with his cube wife. They'd have twins, Glorpinox and Splork. Splork would go on to become a cube senator and represent Delve District 349, while Glorpinox would follow in her mother's footsteps and become boss of a hidden dungeon hidden dungeon room full of gems. <laughs> on Boris's deathbed, his lovely wife held his schlorp appendage and weeped tears of pure sulfuric acid. He reassured her that this was not the end, but merely a doorway into the next life. As he glorped his last blork, his gel turned into gray dust. And every single coin, bone, and spoon that he ha- had in him evacuated all at once out onto the bed. That's, <laughs> that happens. The, they don't want you to know about that. That does yeah, happen. Don't want you to know. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Boris gasped as he returned to the library. He was sweating bullets if they'd been invented yet. Yes, I know. That rat had a gun. I'm assuming it shoots bullets. Save it for the wiki, you dorks. <laughs> <laughs> it shoots potato bits. It's a, yeah, pota- it's a spud gun. Look, yeah, only the bad. rats have bullet technology. Yeah. As, yeah. <laughs> the only way to defeat a rat with a gun is get another rat with a gun. <laughs> uh, where Boris had lived an entire life as a cube. Where was he? Who was he? He still felt love for his <laughs> wife. Fucking inner light it is. Yeah, this is inner light as fuck. Still felt love for his wife, Glabornzo. <laughs> Glorbonzo, deep in his heart. He had a heart. He was Boris. He was a vampire in a library reading a magical book on a magical candle that would transport you into a story. A lot like a holodeck for you fantasy nerds. Yeah, didn't think I could pull off holodeck in a fantasy story, did you, you dinguses? Don't ever question my superiority again. (laughs) (laughs) Did you check over there, you stupid son of a dickless bitch? Another female voice said from below. Shit, Boris thought as he gathered himself. 
mist form. <laughs> he whispered as he turned into a black mist and hovered up into the stony ceiling above, nestling into the shadows. <laughs> Did you hear that? A gravelly voice said. Keep looking, you turd muncher. Another voice said. We need to find this tomb or it's our asses on a pike. And I do mean on a pike, not like we're going to get spanked with the pike like you like so much, slit. Boris <laughs> could hear, could see the faint light of a torch moving toward him. Instinctively, he inch, inched backwards into the shadows more. Soon he saw a tall, dark-haired woman wearing a very revealing gown. Like, full-blown nips were showing. Like, they were half-mooning over the itty-bitty top of her gown. <laughs> like you'd see in the uh, li- Victorian library cage. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Yes, it's it's come to life. <laughs> she had to know those areolas were getting aired out. <laughs> Behind her were three goblins, each as nasty and buck wild as the last. <laughs> I do like me a good spanking prod. Slash said, <laughs> "Your mum got a good spanking prod from my pike last night." Said the third. <laughs> Skate, you ain't never even met me, mum. She lives in Blobbington with me stepdad Larry, so there's like zero chance you got to fuck her. But I do recommend it if you get the chance. Uh, being, filthy, being filthy goblins, we do that sort of nasty shit. Jesus. But you know... <laughs> but you know that because you're a goblin. I'm just expositing for any potential eavesdroppers or onlookers. <laughs> Quiet, morons, the woman said. We are not alone. Amelius Bedelius, she shouted. <laughs> Raising a single finger, suddenly a bright flash of light hit Boris right in his peepers. Ah, fuck, oh shit, Boris said as his misform faded and he fell from the ceiling. Looks like we got ourselves a wee vampy, Slit said, licking his lips. Boris shielded his eyes and tried to squint the bright light out from them, but he was seeing those shapes... You see when you rub your eyes a whole bunch. Mm. Like little animals and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Now, why would a pathetic little vampling be skulking around a library in the middle of the night? The woman said as she glided over to Boris. She held a single finger with uh, still blazing with holy light under his chin and got her boobies, like, really close to his face. <laughs> he took a peek because, I mean, they were right there, you know? Is <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> pronounced library, Boris said defiantly. <laughs> 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 Don't let her find me, the disembodied voice said. But both Boris and the dark woman looked up. They both, both heard the same voice. You can hear her, can't you? said the dark woman. Mistress Axwound, Skate said. Uh, like, it would be totally bodacious of you if you could snarf on this vamp's flesh and just pig out on his innards, you know? Silence! Axwound said. Oh my god. Snapping her head around without turning her body. Just like, head went full exorcist around. (laughs) This freaked Boris out, because that's not usually how necks work. <laughs> Very so astute. Good. So good. We can use this vampling. Take him down in the pit, Axwoon snapped her finger, 
As she did, a black crab-handed spiderling appeared and chittered its way down her fingers. She held out her hand as it lay in wait in her open palm. Boris froze, not with fear, but with rigid, unnatural magic like that time. <laughs> like Not with fear, but with rigid, unnatural magic like that time I took to Viagra. Because, fuck it, why not? We got this hotel room all weekend. I'm going to party like it's 1999. <laughs> <laughs> 1999 times two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> The spiderling crawled and clawed its way into Boris's ear canal. Ugh. He tried to scream, but honestly, honey, I wrote honestly, honey. <laughs> God damn. This wasn't the weirdest thing that's ever been in his ear. Spring break, 69, 69, baby, baby. <laughs> Finally, with a crunch, the spiderling snapped into Boris's thoughts. Oh, hi, I'm Roy. I'll be your thought parasite for the duration of this quest. <laughs> if you need to think anything or have something you'd like to share with our lord and queen, the great queen Axwoon, please just think it and I'll translate those thoughts into dark magic and transmit them right away. <laughs> Boris went silent. I love he him. He tried to think... <laughs> Boris went silent. He tried to think of anything but the voice he, he heard. Boobies. Axwoon's boobies. Areolas. Nipples. Triple H hangers. Where are we going to hang out later? Axe voice. ASMR videos. The voice of the woman goes, shit! <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, little man, Axe said as the goblins dragged his narc sorry ass down to the pit. <laughs> to be continued. Oh my god! Axe back. What's going on? The return of Queen Axe What's happening? Why she want a ghost so bad? Is it a ghost? There's got to be ghosts everywhere in this shithole world. She lives there. <laughs> wow. Judgy much. Damn. Look, I've read the descriptions of this world. I had them read to me. It's bad. Uh, <laughs> There's just shit going on all over the place. I like that we got some uh, sort of lore about the Jizz Cube from episode two or three. Because <laughs> um, he's been on my mind ever since you... <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking about him? Yeah. Oh, I'm well, always thinking about Jizz Cube. Always thinking about Jizz Do you, you want to meet him? I, I, I can do like a meet and greet for you. I mean, it's a long like, way to send a Jizz Cube. He's not going to survive two, the flight. $250 an hour, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, it really depends on how many people on the flight jizz in him, whether he survives the flight or not. Yeah. I think he'd have to go down where like the dogs and cats travel. Like I don't think they'd let him sit like in a seat. Maybe I could just subscribe to his only flans because i imagine he's got oh consistency my god only glands <laughs> only glands only flan was fucking genius <laughs> <laughs> jesus oh man i honestly like i didn't know what to write about and i was like i've been watching ahsoka and i was like mm-hmm. why don't why do i always feel like i have to like end the story like yeah. i'll just fucking pick it up later or whatever yeah. right like why do I always like? I, it doesn't have to be anything. You're like, gonna have to know. retrofit the um, prompts next time, but that's about it. Well, yeah, I'm gonna also have to like go back and look at all the things I named everybody. <laughs> yeah, true. I, yeah. I have a file on my phone. I have a file and a backup file of every character I've named. I didn't know if I named the vampire. I was like, I'm pretty sure I didn't. But I had to like read my story, and I was like, this is fucking genius. <laughs> I I thought you didn't name him either. I didn't, but oh, I, so okay. I just named him. I was like, I gave him Russian kind of vampire accent, so yeah. Boris. Yeah, Boris was a great name. And also the Boris and Natasha joke was 
fucking genius. <laughs> Underrated. <laughs> what happens if you save it for the last minute? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rich is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just a just a weird little fun fact for you. We were supposed to record on Tuesday, and it's Thursday, mm. and uh, somehow I still, even though I'm the one who postponed the show, I'm still the first one who finished my story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I could have written it on Monday or whatever, but, you know, time I, makes fools of us all. It's I very had, true. What messed me up was uh, recording M-Class last week, because yeah. it's messed up my, like, in my head... I had two weeks because it's the yeah. last time I recorded. And then I was like, oh, shit, that wasn't Story Lords. That was M-Class. Uh, we welcome to our world, baby. Yeah. yeah, that's how it is for us. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm so fucked up. Like, I don't even know what day it is half the time anymore. So I, it's amazing I get anything done, honestly. Work, literally mm. work is the only way I can keep track of the days now. It's because I have to get. I know I have to get up on a Monday. And I know I desperately look oh, forward God. to a Friday. Like I'll I'll let you know a hard truth about me. Like a dar- a dark truth is uh, knowing what day it is bothers me now because yes. means I have responsibilities yes. that I need to keep track of the days for. Like Man. I feel like such like a fucking fraud on Monday because I'm like oh god it's Monday I hate Monday but it's like but I don't, don't fucking do, go yeah, anywhere. You don't, you don't Garfield go both baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's a redhead thing. I hate Monday. Oh, that that was some good stories, boys. Yeah, that story fucking kicked ass. (laughs) I love the inner light. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what if he just thought he was like a cube for his whole life? And he loved his wife, Glorbanax or whatever. Glorbanax. Glorbanax. I feel like Glorbanax's name changed a couple times in this story. (laughs) No, he had two. He had twins. He had. Slork? <laughs> yeah. Splork and Splork. like Glorbanax. I thought Glorbanax was the was one of the kids. <laughs> Glorbanax Jr. I don't know. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Look, it's the culture, Jeff. I don't name them. They name them. I don't know the jizzes yet. No. And I suppose it's like um you know. When you change the pH of soil and a flower changes, if you add more jizz to a thing, it changes the cube, right? It changes everybody. Your body makes a promise when you jizz in something, so yeah. (laughs) If you replace all the jizz in a jizz cube, is it still the same jizz cube? I'd imagine Theseus's jar of jizz, that's what they call it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, All right, let's close the cover. On this week's storybook, we need to pick some prompts. So, can we get out the all C prompt ball, please? Who's got it? You've, uh, I think you've got it. You haven't sent okay. it to anyone else yet. Let me clear my throat. I got like lots of snot. Oh, nice. It's <laughs> the lightning coming. It's good. Uh, the first one is Anachronisms by Jean Blue. <laughs> I, it's easy for me. Gone. Say, was say gone. the name again. I, I emoted over it. Zian <laughs> Blue, who is uh, a has been a long time time fan yeah. of us. Uh, so and they are great. Uh, Did you give him a nickname? No, I didn't. I, d- I haven't been doing nicknames for this season. Uh, wow! Mainly because Way to go. I forgot. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. Next prompt, please. It's a phone. Uh, The next prompt 
from Phantom Thief Goofus. Oh, jeez. It's princesses. Oh, my <laughs> God. Are you fucking kidding me right now? No. It's princesses. Uh, let me just check. Yeah. How am I supposed to remember a thing that I did a joke about two weeks ago? I feel like you guys get a pass on this one if you don't want to include it. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it as well. I've got a story that that fits into very well I've been wanting to do. so We're going to all add disasters too, right? (laughs) (laughs) Look, the show is always a disaster. We don't have that. Beautiful, beautiful disaster. Um, That's that's very funny. Um, (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, right. So the prompts are Anachronisms and princesses. Uh, um, write that down. Oh yeah, Don't I should probably it. do that as well. Otherwise, I'm going to end up with you know, lightning and pizza or something like that. Yeah, pizza and anachronisms. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. So, if you heard those prompts and you think fucking princesses, I don't do better than princesses. Then what you need to do, <laughs> my friend is you need to head over to patreon.com slash storylords station lords I was going to say there storylords and uh, for as little as five dollars a month less than Here comes a the big cup <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> yeah I mean that is all the people rushing to our patreon right it's now true. that's all them going, going to patreon.com slash station lords <laughs> That's why they thought it was a thing about trains. Um, so, for the, as little as five dollars a month, you, a cup of coffee, a, a, a donation to coffee. a worthy charity, uh, you could, you could join our don't super frame cool Discord. Don't frame it like that. <laughs> you don't want to help buy your fellow a man. Hungry Josh, don't. food for just thirty cents a day. <laughs> Look, we're the charity now. We need the help. Teacher, Look at me. Teach a We're man to joke. fish. He'll fish every day. Pay Patreon sto- slash Story Lords $5, and we will all enjoy beautiful stories. That's right. That's the, I've heard that, that saying. I've heard that saying. Ancient, it is. It's in the Bible. Uh, but you can suggest prompts. You can read our stories when we put them up. And you can join our super cool Discord and get early access to, like, fan art and talk to us and interact with all the super cool other fans that like what we do and sometimes oh, mock me for being a furry apparently oh um, wait, you're a furry that was in that the happen? that was in the toon hounds discord uh, but it got transferred over as well because bivsy decided oh, to screenshot a, uh, a conversation out of context and everyone was like you like clifford the big red dog and i was like no i don't anyway if you want to find Why out would what you i'm talking tell about people what it was about on this because, podcast because if they want to find out what it really is about right. then they can go to the go to Patreon and pay us five dollars. He sacrificed himself for us. I got yeah. a pitch. I got a pitch for the Patreon. Go on. <laughs> for the Discord specifically, um, mm-hmm. if you've been listening to the show and it's kind of inspired you and you want to write as well, but you don't yeah. really have the impetus yourself, you're looking for a group of people who are also writing who you can write along with. Then that's happening on our Discord right now. The um, the Story Lords Writing Club. Is they, uh, fans awesome. just like you who are writing their own stories using new prompts and their own prompts? <laughs> oh, they're rushing to the Patreon now, I'm baby. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so yeah, sorry. Patreon.com/storylords, and for five dollars a month, you get access to the Discord where you can join the writing club. 
and they do a Saturday or Sunday. Uh, I think it's once a month. The guys will have to tell me about if I'm wrong about this. They will, obviously. Um, but uh, <laughs> when we Spivsy and I were recording Toonhounds on Sunday, um, they were all in the Discord chat, um, uh, the, oh, yeah. the voice chat, doing reading their stories to each other. They read. That's awesome. Yeah. That's killer. I didn't know that. They were doing. Uh, their I hope own, they do voices and were you know. Giving each other critiques and you know having yeah, if fun. You don't wanna read, if you good. don't want to read out loud, you don't have to. But it yes, would be, yeah, absolutely. a fun thing that you can join <clears> in on. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure the guys would uh, just welcome the writing, and they you don't have to talk if you don't want to do that. Um, but they're all uh, super cool guys. Um, you know, big fans of the show, and we're big fans of them. So mm-hmm. you can also just give us your money for nothing if the, if yeah. you want to. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it'll um, go to a good cause. It will. Food and or Lego. Uh, yeah, it'll it'll go to oh, paying shit. my goddamn bills, which yeah. I am constantly worried about. If you want to take that worry off my plate, give give me your money personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go to Target and I go to like get real adult things, and then I go into the Lego aisle and I just like like curse rich every single time. Yeah, I'm sorry, I've d- I've done. There's X Wing is out now. I want that E Wing that's coming yeah. out. Yeah. Look, the Ahsoka uh, stuff looks really great as well. It's cool. Yeah. Look, I don't use your money superfluously. <laughs> superfluously, I use it. No, to pay I only bills spend the continue. Food, so. I only spend continue money on Legos. Wink. <laughs> um, but for, for ten dollars, you get access to our other sidecast that we always say we should record another episode of, and we should soon. Uh, which is yeah. redesigned by Committee, which is our extra podcast where we. Design redesign an existing IP like a movie or a series or a video game or whatever. And then for $20, you get all that, the PDF of our upcoming book, and create a credit in the book itself. It is literally the most sensible thing you can do. If you've got $10 in your hand right now, or in your account right now, and you have got uh, an important bill to pay, or Story mm-hmm. Lords, go to Story Lords. It's just the best thing you can do with your money. I'm an independent financial advisor. True. Uh, (laughs) I think what we'll do is, uh, like, whenever my life stops being a constant fucking roller coaster to the depths of hell, I will put together... We'll just, like, we'll work together to make, like, the PDF version of the book. And then we'll worry about anything else later. Yeah. Yeah. We we also, you know, we hear what you're saying. Um, uh, We've had a few, you know, emails and messages and private messages about merch... We will definitely figure that out at some point. There is merch coming. Mm. Um, one of the big problems is always that people say they want merch and yes. then they don't buy merch. So it's this a lot is the of story effort. of my life. <laughs> Which We're is gonna, a, can can we come out with a merch monk plushie? Oh my god! <laughs> Maybe it's what like we a could merch do. monk and it has a giant dollar sign on his chest. <laughs> We just give him like a bling, like a necklace with a fucking dollar sign on. Um, someone asked me once, like, why have we? Why did Josh never do uh, a Blapple plushie? And I was like, dude, have you heard, have you seen how much bl- plushies cost to make? Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. back then that was not yeah, a thing. Blapple was like, gonna yeah. cost a fucking fortune to make. Yeah, that would be fun though. But you know, it maybe we'll figure out somewhere. If you guys can suggest a way that you know we can do that, and you know guarantee some pre-orders maybe we need to do pre-orders maybe, maybe that's maybe. what we need to do um but if we get enough 
then we will definitely start doing merch because, you know, we want to do merch as much as you want to receive merch, right? We're not just, you know, not doing it out of principle or something. It's like um, a merch 69 is what we really want. <laughs> we want to do it. You want to give it. Let's go. You suck our dick. We'll suck yours, right? Yeah, um, or whatever. I'll so suck anything. If you want any other info on the show, you heard it here first. Uh, that's for the 420 Patreon. That is definitely um, not where you heard it first. <laughs> no, that's true. That is true. Pretty sure I've said it before. If you want any, consider Josh your personal jizz cube. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been called worse. So if you want any other info on our show, you can head over to storylords.card.co. That's card with two R's. And you can find out all about our previous episodes and anything you need to know about us. Um, so we need to thank two people this show. Uh, Vidizen for his excellent theme tune, as always. Uh, you can find out more about Vidizen at vidizen.card.co. But also, Vidizen's work and the podcast inspired something else we want to talk about today, which is ne- uh, one of our fans, Nate Bit, did a 80s cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon style intro to the sh- animated intro to the show. And it so is good. so it good. It rules. It's um, so fucking rules. And if you want to... I, I got this handy already. Yeah. If you want to find uh, Nate Bed, he's on all the social medias that aren't uh, completely fucking poisoned. Uh, you can find him on Tumblr at N8BITG, NateBitG, and on uh, Insta, N8BIT underscore art, NateBitArt. Yeah, I follow him on Instagram. It's he's it's great. He does lots of good stuff. He's he's. I don't done. I don't have a Tumblr because I'm old. So yeah. Well, I, that's for old people now. Like Tumblr. Well, like they the, took away the porn back in the day, and that was it oh, for it's me. Back, baby. Oh, it's back. They got Riley Reed on there. We got him. <laughs> you go in there and you Riley read the Tumblr posts. <laughs> Um, oh, this is great. This is the best episode we ever done. I like this episode a lot. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> but um, Nate's done uh, animated stuff for us before. He did the Jazz Hands Technomancer. Oh, that he uh, has done the um, color version of the black and white uh, cast of the first season that I did for my show. Um, yeah, Nate is great. I love Nate to bits. Uh, so uh, we all do. More like great bit. Yeah, I agree. Perfect. If we make enough money through the Patreon, we will uh, commission some animations from him, I think. Yeah. That would be really fucking cool. cool. Um, People have said that... uh, A couple of people have messaged me and said, we need to get on YouTube. And what I... I think that's very difficult to do in, you know, because of the editing with any sort of video. But as a sort of, like, animated title card, like when one one of us speaks, the animated head comes up. Um, and that yeah. sort of stuff, and that would be great, but that is incredibly time-consuming. To do. There's ways to do it. Um, I can look into it. There's, there's yeah, like some. We, we did something like some that ways for um, a, the M class, M class Patreon video. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I animated it, and yeah. I'm not doing that for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> that will take me literally my entire life. Yeah, yeah. like if it just like, uh, like if we like paid somebody to do just like a uh, a head bobbing up and down with the mouth mm-hmm. moving yeah there are there are like Although uh, that would also be like, vtube programs i know there are vtube like that vtubers use like that do that for you oh, but cool. I, I don't i don't really know like 
I'd, I'd have to if look we, into if it. If we cleaned up our act, we could do like an actual. We could just record video while we're doing the podcast. That is true. I don't think we want to get more viewers. I don't think people <laughs> want to see me. Do Do we think that my internet would be able to handle no. a video call? No, my absolutely My gerbil-driven internet, that, which you know doesn't want to connect Skype calls sometimes. That's I, another one. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, if charger. if we did do a video, it would reveal that Josh records down by the drag racing track. Uh, <laughs> I'm at the Indy 500. <laughs> I'm at the fucking home show where they're showing off the newest <laughs> grass mowing technology. Um, fucking zero turning <laughs> radius. Fuck yeah. yeah! Holy shit! That's you can turn on a dime, man. Um, so I've got one other thing to say. Uh, if you want some art done, you need to go to jeffpennington.art and support my friend Jeff uh, <gasps> because uh, he needs to pay his bills once he's got his family stuff sorted out. And yeah. everyone, it's, it's going to be at least a week before I get back to you. But I mean, it's going to be a week before you hear this. So. Yeah, exactly. But um, you know, if Jeff's delayed because of family stuff, he will get back to you. I have commissioned art from him before. He's very reliable. Um, he's a handsome mm-hmm, man. Mm-hmm. He's the perfect oh, yeah. person you want to get art from. Okay. If you so doubt sweet. that, go to uh, M Class Podcast uh, Twitter account and look at some of the title card art he has done for the latest M Class art because they are. You're a, you're a sweet, sweet man, Rich Man. Yeah, we were talking about it on M Class. Yeah. I don't know if we recorded it, we but did. Rich and I were saying how oh, we did. Okay, I don't remember, <laughs> but we were saying how like you're 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 just getting better. Like your yeah. your art's just getting better and better. You guys are giving me such a boner. Thank you so much. I mean, that's pretty normal. <laughs> no, that's for, that's for a boy your age. That's a boy my age, thirty six. Yeah. Thirty seven, uh, that's when your boners start. Um oh yeah, you don't get a boner until then, unfortunately. Until then, yeah, I never got any boners. No, thank you then. guys, that's very sweet. And um there are links if you go to the link section on my website, jeffpennington.art, and uh there are links there for all my socials and also uh a Ko Fi link where you can just give me money. <laughs> When's your birthday? Monday? Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Oh, you shit, I gotta send Monday. you I gotta send you a present, man. Oh, you don't have to. I've been fucking avoiding sending it to you for like three months. It's been it's been sitting on my table for like fucking four months. To dude. be fair, oh, you no. tried to directly send it to me from them, and it didn't work out. So yeah, well that was a fucking scam. I got scammed. Oh no, it's a jizz cube, <laughs> dude. Grandpa hey, Anderson lo- got scammed. Dude, I've been looking for the the D and D movie uh, gelatinous cube that they're selling because they were on clearance at Target, but I couldn't find any. So oh, if you find a gelatinous cube, fucking get it and paint it white. <laughs> if you find a gelatinous cube somewhere, uh, send it to Josh. Yeah, I bought that redheaded. What's her name? That druid. That figure's cool. Oh, um, the girl from It druid. Yeah, yeah because cool. when. Because we're now descending into the conversation we have after we record the podcast, <laughs> we're going to say goodbye, um, and we will see you in two weeks. Uh, we love you all. Thanks for supporting us, and, you know, bye, I guess. Smooches! Yeah, we love you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. You're our special girls and boys. That sounded creepier than <laughs> Okay, I'm going to Cut, cut. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>